Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week 8 picks. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify. This is on YouTube, so if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, leave a review, leave comments, send me emails, Talk at gmail.com. We're on X. We are on Instagram. Make sure to follow us wherever you have your social media accounts. We got some big ones, folks. Big games this week, all across the Big Ten. Pivotal games for, I think, every team. And it's going to dictate whether teams go bowling or not. It's going to dictate playoff implications for for some of these games. One in particular, rivalry games. It's a very exciting week for college football. I'm going to leave the two biggest ones last. Uh, But I'm going to start with, I think, a game that is pivotal for both teams and it's Rutgers at Indiana. This is a 12 PM kick on the big 10 network. Rutgers is a five point favorite and it's a pivotal game for both teams for Indiana. I I think it's a game that is must win. If Tom Allen has any hopes of keeping his job, like you, you can't go two years in a row being the big 10 bottom feeder, especially after what happened in 2020. And I think he had been making steady progress before that, but he just can't, he, he slid down the ranks, right? They had all that momentum in 2021 and it's fallen off. The offense has been terrible. I think at, at times the defense has looked okay, but they've been just absolutely gutted defensively the past few weeks against Maryland against Michigan. So I, I just, I have a lot of concerns about Rutgers and about their, or about Indiana rather, and their ability to both defend well, as well as move the ball with Taven, uh, Taven Jackson, you know, they have guys, right? Cam camper is a good receiver. Um, but they, they just lack a lot of the explosiveness that the quarterbacking situation is, is rough. Uh, whether it be Soresby or Jackson. I think if you look at Rutgers, they've got, I think, a really good running game. Kyle Manungai has been that dude. And if you look at Indiana's defense where they've struggled, they've struggled a bit against the run. They're allowing 160 yards on the ground per game, which is surprising because last week I thought they did a they did an okay job against Michigan's run game. But in general, they've struggled to run. Obviously, this game is a must win for Rutgers if they want to get to where they want to go. Uh, Rutgers has other opportunities to get bowl eligible, right? Like they they play Ohio State, Penn State. I'm pretty, I think we can maybe agree those are definitive losses unless if the programs implode. Iowa and Maryland, on the other hand, they're they're gettable, but those are like hitting the three-point shot. 
This is your layup. No offense to Hoosier fans. This is your layup. This is your the game where you know you can win. You need to win this. You need to hit the layup to win to get to bowl eligibility. I think the running game and and the confusion that Wimzat brings that he brings a lot of stress in that zone read because of how athletic he is, and just enough passing to keep the Hoosier defense honest. I think Rutgers wins. I think they they cover. I've got Rutgers 27, Indiana 13. Rutgers goes bowling. They get to six wins by week eight. I think that, again, tremendous, tremendous job by Greg Schiano if that happens. Floyd of Rosedale, Minnesota at number 24, Iowa. It's a 3.30 kick on NBC. Iowa is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. There's a lot working against Iowa right now. They're, they're two top tight ends, Eric All and Luke Lachey, out for the season. Uh, Eric All tore his ACL. Deacon Hill has uh, he has not been great at quarterback. You know, the, they have explosive running backs, but that offensive line, you know, they, they've hit a couple times on big plays, but they haven't they haven't been consistent on offense. And I think the the reality is I think that defense is really, really good. But if you if you keep sending them out there without being able to possess the ball, I, I start to get concerned. And so the, the issue I have with Iowa is I, I think they are easily the better team. I think Minnesota has really struggled. But I, I think the problem is your margin for, for error is just so small when your offense is this, uh, quite frankly, abysmal. Now, Minnesota is not a very good team right now. Kaliak Manis has really struggled in the past game. And while I, I still would maintain that I think they're one of the more underrated receiving groups in the country, Kaliak Manis has not made the necessary steps as a passer combine that with an offensive line that has, I think struggled to protect him. I, I think it's going to be hard for Minnesota to stress Iowa's defense. It's, it is interesting. Iowa as a three and a half point favorite and that's it. And they're at home. I, you know, Minnesota has a good, has had a, a, a better running game as of late. Taylor has, run for over 500 yards. Zach Evans has been good in that running game. So like they have, they have guys that can beat you in the run game. I just don't think their offensive line is, is good enough to take over a game against Iowa. I think the fact that Iowa's at home, I think that really makes it difficult for the golden Gophers to really stress the Hawkeyes. I I'm picking Iowa. 13 to 10. I don't think Iowa covers. I think it's very close. I, I again, margin for margin for error is very small for Iowa. And so even though I think they could go 11 and one, I think they go to the big 10 championship, big 10 championship game, most likely as the West contender, because that offense is so bad right now. I think they could go 11 and one. I think they could go eight and four. 
because the, the reality is even if you're the better team and your defense is nasty, if you can't move the ball, your margin for victory, your margin for error just becomes so small. I don't think it gets them today. Cause I, I just think Minnesota is one of the worst teams in the, in the conference, no offense to golden gopher fans. Um, and I just don't think they, they match up well against that Hawkeye team. So I, I, I like 13 to 10 low scoring Wisconsin at Illinois. Wisconsin is a two and a half point favorite. They're on FS one. It's a three thirty kick. I Illini fans. You might think I'm a little schizophrenic. <laughs> I'm picking Illinois for a couple of reasons. One Tanner Mordecai is out. And while I don't think Mordecai has been all that great, I, I think it does throw a wrench into their plans. You know, he has a broken hand um, lock. I believe it's Locke who is the uh, the backup quarterback. He's a transfer out of uh, Mississippi State. Braden Locke. Uh, I I didn't think he played terribly against Iowa, but he wasn't anything special either. That that passing game has really struggled. Only three touchdowns this season. You know, I think DK has been good. I, I think they've had other receivers flash at times, but like there's there's no tight end that I've been really excited about. I think the, the offensive line has been decent not great and i think the fact that Locke is coming in for mordecai illinois has a lot of momentum and, and i think where wisconsin is strong in that running game you know with uh uh braylon allen my concern is that's where illinois is also strong up front Jerzon Newton, Keith Reynolds, those those boys are going to eat, I think, in this game. It's at Illinois. The weather, you know, the, the swirling wind in that stadium is always a factor. I think it messes with a young quarterback. And I, I think Illinois gets a couple of turnovers. I think Altmaier, who has, I think, is starting to play better. He's dual threat. I think Illinois upsets the Badgers uh, in this game. I've got it. 23 to 16. Uh, I think it's a big field goal game. I don't, I think there's a lot of uh, stalling out in the red zone, but I like Illinois to, to win outright in this game at home. Northwestern at Nebraska. Uh, it's 3:30 kick on the big 10 network. Nebraska is an 11 and a half point favorite. Both teams are coming off buys. I think, I think Nebraska crushes them. I think the lines are playing much better for Nebraska. And even though they've got a lot of injuries in that running back room, I just, I just don't think Northwestern is going to be able to stop it. Um, I, I think Harburg is, is figuring things out. You know, both quarterbacks have struggled, but I, I do think he, he's got a, he's got a couple of weapons. I think that defense is playing really well for them right now. I like Nebraska over Northwestern. I like him 31 to 13. Nebraska covers. Let's get to the big, the the big two. I mean, they're all big this week and they, they all matter, right? Because Nebraska needs to beat Northwestern if they want to get bowl eligible. And I think if Northwestern has wants any shot to be bowl eligible, they've got to win. So that that's a big game. The Rutgers Indiana game is, is big. Minnesota, Iowa is big for Iowa to continue their trajectory to, to win the West. Um, Illinois, Wisconsin is big. Um, if Wisconsin wants to stay in the West, it, it's big. And if Illinois wants to get to bowl eligibility, they've got to get some wins. 
but these two are i think bigger and and there's there's bigger expectation or bigger expectations and and bigger stakes the first it's the nbc night game 7 30 p.m number two michigan at michigan state uh michigan is a 24 point favorite so you might be wondering why am i saying this is a big game i i think i think it's I think Michigan covers. I think Michigan beats up on on Michigan State. But but I think Michigan State if they if they show up they have enough talent to make things weird. It's at Michigan State. Carter has been a, a decent back for them, averaging a little under five yards a carry. I I think if they don't implode, they they should have beat Rutgers. They were up by 18 against Rutgers, right? So they they shot themselves in the foot in that game. And quite honestly, I think that's been the story of their record, right? I think Michigan State easily could be four and two in this uh, in the season right now, but they have shot themselves in the foot. And the way Michigan is constructed, if you can junk up the run game, you can make things hairy for them. Now, J.J. McCarthy's been really good outside of Bowling Green. And so do I think that's going to happen? No. But don't be surprised if this game is close at half. Don't be surprised if this is actually closer than the experts think. I happen to think Michigan is is going to play a complete game. I think they 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 roll. I, I I've got it thirty eight to ten, but I will not be surprised if Michigan State makes things weird. Do I think they can upset Michigan? Probably not. Um, I, you know, FPI matchup predictor on ESPN it says ninety three percent. Uh, win percentage for Michigan. So do I think that they're going to upset Michigan? No. But it's a rivalry game. I'm never going to. Uh, I'll just put it this way: Mark D'Antonio's on the other sideline right now, and he's not the head coach. But like D'Antonio knew a thing or two about taking down more talented teams that were rivals, including Michigan, including Ohio State, including Penn State. Like he knew a thing or two about that. So now again, very different Michigan state team, you know, whether it's Kim or Hauser at quarterback, they, neither of them have inspired a ton of confidence at, at the quarterback position. I think the defense has really struggled, but again, I, I think that defense is better suited against a team like Michigan than it is against a Penn state or Ohio state. So I, I'm just saying, I, I like Michigan big in this game. I think they cover, but don't, don't be surprised if it gets weird. Don't be surprised. If it, be surprised if it gets weird. The big one, the big game, I think, is number seven Penn State at number three Ohio State, twelve p.m. Uh, Fox, big noon kickoff. Ohio State, a four and a half point favorite. I have been on Penn State to win this game since preseason, and I've seen nothing to change my mind. I think. There are concerns on both sides. I'm concerned for Ohio State. 
like I think the offensive line is a is a, still a major liability. I think the run game is still a major liability. I am unsure of how they will be able to block their defensive ends. I I think that tackle defensive end matchup is I think that might be the defining matchup of this game and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, on the flip side, as good as Penn State has been, and as much as they've scored, they have not been explosive. Like, if you look at yards per play, I think they've only gotten, I think college football nerds cited this, that they've only been above five yards per play once in uh, all of their games. Now, maybe maybe that that was just against Power 5 teams. I'm not sure. But they depend a lot on field position and turnovers. And if you look at Ohio State, they they have not turned the ball over much. And I think they're going to move the ball at least a little bit better than Penn, Penn State's other opponents. And so it might restrict scoring opportunities for Penn State. And, you know, that run game, I, I don't think Ohio State's run defense is, is great. Um, but Penn State's run game has not been nearly as dynamic as I thought it would with Singleton and Allen. And again, I think there's offensive line issues. I think outside of uh, Fashanu, I don't think they have been all that powerful up front. So I, I think there's as good as the, the defensive backs for Penn State are. I, I do think Marvin Harrison is still a matchup nightmare. He's six four. He he's those those really talented corners, Kalen King, uh Johnny Dixon, those those boys, they're all they're they're all great potential first, second round picks in the NFL draft. Just remember, Marvin Harrison still went for 10, 10 catches, 185 yards against all those guys, right? Against those those guys, against Joey Porter. I mean, he he feasted on all, all of them last year. Here's my concern. Well, and multiple concerns. The one I already talked about Chop Robinson against Josh Fryer and Josh Simmons. I think Penn State wins that matchup. I think he forces uh he and the other defensive linemen for Penn State, they force at least one or two turnovers in this game, whether it be a fumble, whether it be an interception. Uh McCord has been unflappable this season. So I I just think it's going to be one of those things where Manny Diaz schemes something up. They get pressure and he has to throw it away and he, he throws a pick. I think that happens. I think, I think it's very possible. He, he fumbled. He, there's a strip sack somewhere there. I think the other thing is Ohio state has a lot of injuries right now. The running back room is pretty injured. Emeka Abuka. They're saying it's a short-term injury, but he got rolled up on in the Maryland game. And I just, I just don't see how he comes back and is as impactful as he could be. And so I just, I'm just not sure. Now they've got other guys that can fill in for him, but Emeka Abuka is a first round talent. And then I, I think the biggest one, honestly, I don't think Denzel Burke is going to play in this game. He's been, the best defender for Ohio state. 
And while I don't think Penn State's receivers are, I don't, I don't think they're the best that Ohio State has faced this season to, to lose really the enforcer of that secondary. I think that's a big, I think that's a big blow. I think Aller, while they haven't hit a lot of big plays downfield, I think they get one loose to Keandre Lambert Smith. That's a game breaker. And I think Penn State wins on the road in Columbus. I've got Penn State winning 27 to 17. I, I think they they push the score late in the fourth quarter, and Ohio State is unable to to catch back up and they lose by 10. So that's that's the picks for the week. I want to get to a few comments uh, and emails that I got just to just both as a discussion points and as a thank you. So the first one I want to get to is from a gentleman by the name of uh, Dave. Let me, let me get this here. Sorry, I, I should have set it up. Dave Foreman. He uh, he wrote in said, uh, "Love the podcast. Discovered it a few weeks ago. Thank you, Dave. It's uh." Fun to have you uh, write in. Um, you mentioned that it's hard to, hard to believe they lost on Saturday to Iowa, and was was mentioning that the game was decided uh, when they decided to go for it on fourth and one instead of trying the field goal. Um, you you mentioned that you agree with me that they should have been playing better than they have, but again, Fickles in his first year. That that's a great point, and and I want to point that out that as good as Luke Fickle is. And I, I mentioned this even when they hired him, but I think I, I kind of bought too much of the hype as, as they, they were hyping him up, uh, in the preseason. It is, it's hard to come in as a first time head coach, not first time head coach, but a new head coach. And you're trying to change the culture of a program. And sometimes you lose more in the beginning as you're trying to build your way back up. And so I think that's a really good point, Dave. I think I, now I, I think this season could get uglier, especially with the Tanner Mordecai injury. I don't think that means that everything is lost for the future. I still think that um, I, I think Wisconsin is is going to do better. I think this style shift for them is the right call of of having a blend of air raid and power. I think that's. I think that's going to be good for recruiting. I think that's going to be for competing against teams like Washington, like Oregon as they come in. Um, so I, I really agree with you. Um, I think just this season might get wonky. Like I, I said, I'm picking Illinois against Wisconsin. That's, that's no disrespect to Wisconsin. I, I think it's more, I, I do think Illinois has got some momentum. I think that stadium is hard and they're playing a backup quarterback. So should be interesting. I, I still believe in fickle, uh, you know, disappointed for fickle. Um, I thought he would do better in his first season, but I think you make a really good point, Dave. Um, so thanks for writing in. Thanks for the email. Really appreciate it. Um, I had a couple other, other, uh, comments on Spotify, which I really appreciated. First off, Anthony said, this is a goaded podcast. Keep it up. Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate the support. Um, Dima Rukadinov, hopefully I'm saying this right, said, uh, big fan of the Rutgers love, but disagree on the UCLA take, given that they're breaking in a freshman quarterback behind a bad offensive line. Uh, 
Washington, Oregon, USC will lose a lot of veteran talent and UCLA might be better than them. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest about two things. I forget what my take on UCLA was, and you might absolutely be right um, about UCLA. I, I'll be honest. I, I have not taken a ton of time to look at depth charts for the future. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at what I'm seeing this season, and I know UCLA has been up and down. USC has been a mess. Uh, the record doesn't necessarily show it yet, but it's going to Washington and Oregon. You might be right. I I'm just looking at the current slate and I'm like, wow, Washington and Oregon look really, really good. Um, like playoff caliber, good national championship caliber. Good. So that's not to say that I, I, I think UCLA certainly has been building for a while. I, th I think Chip Kelly's done a good job of, of stabilizing that program. Um, I, I also just honestly forget what I said about UCLA because it's probably a passing comment that I, I wasn't thinking about much. So, um, but you might be right about your assertion. You, I, I don't know what to expect out of the, the PAC 12 teams coming to the big 10. Uh, I, I think I'll have a better idea as I study them more in the off season uh, next year. In terms of Rutgers love, I, I just want to, I, I think teams, anybody in the Big Ten, and this is this is my hope. Hopefully, this comes across. Anybody in the Big Ten that outperforms expectations, and like that's doing, I really want to champion because I don't think we do that. Like I think sometimes outside of Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, I think Wisconsin when they're more elite, Michigan State when they're more elite. I think some of the other Big Ten teams, like they. And I've done it on this podcast too, and I, I'm ashamed of it as I say it. But like we, they become the butt of jokes, right? Like, oh, Rutgers, oh, they stink. That I think they're the easiest, one of the easiest ones. Indiana, oh, they stink, right? But there is a there's a, a reality that pro, you, and I say this often. You have to look at teams in context. And I'm gonna bang the drum for Rutgers. Just like I, I think I banged the drop, drum for Purdue last year. Um, I banged the drum for Michigan State two years ago because I thought people were upset at Mel Tucker for getting that big contract. I'm like, listen, you know, hindsight's 2020. But at the time, like what Mel Tucker did two years ago with Michigan State, getting them to uh, a New Year's Six Bowl, winning a big game, beating Michigan, like that was one of the best coaching jobs that year. And it was a significant uptick from where they were the year before. And no one could have known that they were going to fall that much down back down to earth. And of course, obviously all this, all the scandal that happened after that, um, that you, you can't, you, you can't predict that, but this is, this is my point in saying this. Rutgers, especially if they win this week, I don't care that it's Indiana. In the past, these are layups that they've missed. If they if they get the layup, because they're not that much more talented than Indiana. Like let's let's be clear, I think they have some advantages, but they are not that much better talent wise. But they have been they've played t Wisconsin tough, they've played Michigan tough, and they've blown out some teams that I didn't think they would blow out. 
Virginia Tech being one of them. And if they beat Indiana, they get to six and two. I don't care if they lose the rest of their games. They're getting to a bowl game, and that is significant progress against this schedule. That's why I keep saying there's this schedule is murderous. There's no room for error, right? Because if they lose to Indiana this week, like legitimately they'll they will be a, a dog, an underdog in every game beyond that, and maybe a double-digit dog in every game after that. And so for them, if they hit this layup, even if they lose every game from here on out, it is such an accomplishment for Rutgers. And I, I just want people to understand that, that this coaching job that Shiano is doing, building this, this program back from the ground up after after what happened with Kyle flood after with what happened with Chris Ash, where, I mean, Chris, Chris Ash just destroyed the program to, to, to get them to be essentially the most competitive team so far with Michigan. Like that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And so I, I think people need to look at Shiano and realize this is the best coaching job he's done. It's better than what he did when they were in the Big East, because quite honestly, what they did in the Big East when they got ranked in the top 10, a lot of teams could have done that in with that conference, because that conference, it was West Virginia, Louisville, and everybody else. And look at what look at what has happened when West Virginia and Louisville joined other conference. They fell off, right? They were big fishes in a very little pond. That's not where Rutgers is anymore. They're in the land of giants. And they're they're improving and they're steadily getting better. So I I cannot say enough about the job that that Shiano has done, and he deserves a ton of credit. That staff deserves a ton of credit. Those players deserve a ton of credit. And I am not, especially if they get bowl eligible, I will not stop gushing about the Scarlet Knights because you guys deserve it. That will do it for the Big Ten Football Talk podcast this week. Thanks for listening. Make sure to leave a review. Love you guys. Hope you enjoy. Enjoy this weekend. Great weekend of college football. Take care. God bless. Big Ten.